Welcome to 1876 Sports and Culture Podcast, bringing you the latest buzzing updates from our beloved Prairie View A&M University, featuring your fellow PV Panthers, Roland Austin, Jay Cleasy, Big Mike Washington, three-time swag champ Gati Warema, former drum major HBCU band historian Shanetta Haskell, and Al Williams, driving the show from the hill. Please subscribe and give us five stars on social media at Panthers underscore 1876. Welcome to the 1876 Sports and Culture Podcast. Let's start the show with something that I am very glad to hear, and that is President Ruth Simmons will be staying at Prairie View A&M University in some capacity. Oh, life. We ain't letting her go. <laughs> Y'all no. just say bump it. You're giving me to put a house on PV if you want her to stay there. They're, they're actually talking about the next... Day, they're talking about building a presidential house on campus again. Actually, that needs it's to be her crib. Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> so what's the background story well she's going to be a professor she basically was ready to you know kind of just support financially and generating money and really getting her time back but the chancellor understood the benefits of having her associated with the university and essentially refused to let her walk away and they came up with agreement and she pretty much got what she want which would be a professor meaning she can come in and lecture a class maybe once a week have relationships with students build relationships generate funds and uh, you know and kind of have her own time as well and do the other things she likes to do so best of all worlds for a lot of people involved so I think it's a perfect situation when you're talking about somebody of Ruth Simmons age but still having the connection she had and the motherly experience that she'll bring to the uh, campus of Prairie View A&M University and especially the students. Yeah. yeah Is that not intimidating to the next president? Damn them. I'm not worried no. about it, not concerned about it. <laughs> I think if the, you get the right person, the leadership should actually welcome it. You know, anytime, you know, look, whether you're talking military or otherwise, if you have somebody that's a veteran that's right there on your support staff, that's that's a huge gem. So if, I think if it's you, really a good question and you, it depends on the person that's coming in. Yeah. You have some people that will be, you know, if they're experienced president, uh-huh. it's not going to be a big deal. If they're not experienced president, then it could be somebody that's looking over their shoulders. Be honest they, with you. I would not necessarily want to be the next president following after Ruth Simmons just mm-hmm. because of the magnitude of what she brought to the table. Obviously, anytime you can become a president of a university, you have to take it and you just run with it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there could be pros and cons of that situation. I've if, seen if, presidents on other campuses and essentially they just go to their own room, don't get involved with stuff. So if anything, it's going to be their own personal somebody that's kind of looking over their shoulder. It won't be the person that is retiring, if you would, that mm-hmm. pushes any type of agenda. Yeah. Yeah, to me, if you are a person uh, worth your weight, I don't understand how you could possibly be threatened by a 76-year-old ex-president who wanted to retire five years ago. If you come here with the right intentions and you're qualified, then you should be worried about it. If anything, you should welcome having that sounding board right next door. Yeah, to but me. to Doc's point, you know, if a person feels like they're they're still trying to make a name for themselves, they, they could easily feel like they're operating in the shadows. So it's, hey, it's I, a personal thing. Yeah, I, I mean, it's for sure. I mean, you, you yeah. got to be realistic. Simmons' yeah. life on the university is huge. 
Yeah. So to suggest that this anybody can walk in and won't think about it twice, I mean, everybody around there is going to compare every decision the person makes and every, to what Ruth Simmons was doing. So right. it's not going to be easy to do. It doesn't I'm mean good with it. continue to push forward. But yeah, it's certainly going to be a huge well, shadow. Anybody for, for us, that is a huge advantage. You know, and now that y'all bring it up, I hadn't even thought about that piece to me. As alumni, that's an advantage that I want them to, the next president to be consistently looking over their shoulder and looking at that calculator. <laughs> well, president Simmons worries that this much. Man, I need to get on it. You know, that's that's the way I look at it. But go, going, going back to her negotiation tactics, she'll be a professor, but she is not attached to a certain department which is will allow her to flow back and forth and teach any subject matter in any department that she chooses. Yeah, I don't know how that? that works in a university. Hey, she said, my name is President Simmons. It's going to happen. She said, watch me work. No, I'm just saying realistically. You're just yeah. talking about stuff. But I'm saying in the university system, when you're creating a schedule, you just don't create a schedule and somebody comes up and talks to. You really have associated hours associated that you're doing with. You have a budget. So I'd imagine at some point she at least will be, have some general framework of what department she is at least aligned with to just say that somebody's going to float around that in terms of just traditional university framework is not something that's easy yeah well, well we th this see. is this is where you think out the box yeah. and make it happen well i I'm mean but i know you're saying that and that sounds good but that's just like anybody in a corporate job that would just be like somebody that's an ex-ceo and saying all right they're just going to be in any department yes it sounds good but it's different when you're trying to actually manage that situation and I'm not saying that you can't manage it, but I just hate for us to get to the point where we just throw things out there like it's supposed to happen and we're not doing any realistic thought process about how do you line things in managing a process. That's all I'm saying. Hey, yeah, we'll we'll let them figure it out, man. They threw it out there. They being, you know, the announcement came from the AM system. So we will let them right, figure right. it out. And I'm not, I'm not saying they won't be able to figure it out, but I'm saying the point point that you made is that she'll just be able to go and teach any class in any department. I'm saying that specific statement is not really realistic. Mm. Well, we shall see. But on the topic of Ruth, another thing that we learned this week is that President Biden named her to his HBCU council. Yeah, he keeps getting gooder and gooder. For Dr. Simmons and all those attached to Dr. Simmons, you're absolutely correct. I am still kind of baffled. I'm sorry, excuse my ignorance, but what is this HBCU council supposed to do? Like, I don't know. What are we, what are we, what are we supposed to gain from this? I, I don't know. Doc, Doc, you, you're in academia. I mean, it's it, what should it's, this count? It's a, it's, what should for we lack expect of better from words, the way that you would think about it is a think tank. It's a, a group of individuals that are associated with universities. They usually are people that have had uh, high academic either careers or been presidents, provosts of that. And what you would hope this group would be able to do is really talk about the day-to-day -day operations of a university and how it may be unique to an HBCU and how the federal government can provide assistance in things that they may not consider with other folks folks that just generally think about universities and don't think that's a problem. It is. I will say this. It is always good to have a voice and a seat at the table to try to help facilitate change. Now, we know that government in itself is a slow fossil and change doesn't happen fast. And if you're one of these people that are about fight the power and about, you know, really changing from that perspective, no, that's not what you're doing here. This is just trying to align yourself and maybe make sure that you get a couple of extra dollars from a federal government or some specific strategies that may some help. Specific targets or something policies. like that. Yeah. 
so like that I understand. I just, you know, timing of it all just always makes me curious, right? I don't, I, I don't like feeling that we're being patronized as you're, you know, I know that the, the council was well in play before we start getting into all these um polling numbers, right? But I don't start patronizing the black vote, you know, we're just stacking the deck. So yeah, that's what I'm just I mean, I think, <laughs> I think you're going to always get a, a patronizing framework. We live in America and it's yeah. controlled by a government that's not really for the people in general, it's for rich people. So yeah. that's not, that's real. You're going to have that. But also I think we forget sometimes that these think tanks, they're not mm-hmm. new. They're not new. They have these things every year with every president. Yeah. And usually they're just quiet. What is happening now is we have a lot more people that are digging into HBCUs and putting up front. So information that used to be quiet that you didn't see or didn't mm-hmm. read, now all of a sudden you're reading it. And so if you're not careful, you think it's new, but it's not new. Okay. So so my thing is, I was thinking the same, kind of the same things we were think, thinking, Roland. At the end of the day, I'm like, we need money. Like, do you need a think tank to come up with the, the assumption that HBCUs are underfunded? Like, that's known. We know this. So no, you you know you don't, but it's the same reason proportionately underfunded. It's the same reason you never got money. If you don't have people that push your agenda and make sure that you get a piece of the pie, just because you need money doesn't mean you're gonna get it. Yeah, you have to have folks in this country. And in this government, the way it works, if you don't have a voice that says this is important and this is part of your constituent, you're going to get left behind because people don't ask for it. And so, so makes the, the ask. What this is, is that you have these people in place that can strategically push agenda uh, mm-hmm. about yep. HBCU. And make the ask. I'm assuming they will know how much the ask needs to be like some people well it's a pretty you know impressive mix of, of individuals so you know i i would assume they know the agenda i got one question one person who i have a question i wanted to ask y'all about is, is taraji so i know she's an alum of howard yeah. but i wonder is she plugged in to know the financial component and other things of that nature with howard now, i assume she is since they put her on it but just wondering uh, taraji, probably, isn't she probably, probably not i mean but it's 100 plus hbcu each hbcu CU ass is going to be unique in terms of what they need, particularly for a specific example. Yeah. And so that's the part when you say make an ass, you can ask for a certain amount, but then what this committee will talk about in a lot of ways is who will get what and well, when we understand that. But when you're talking about Howard, the list of people that you could have chosen from. I'd find it curious that Taraji P. Henson was the one that they promoted for this role. That's all I'm saying. I'm just curious about how that happened. She got that Jody power. No, I would say in a lot of ways, these people that usually get these jobs, they've probably been in the background and connected with some type of political framework. That's what I was saying. I think, I think she is an activist. I, yeah, I can't put so my finger on it and say certainly, but I, well, I, I do believe. I wouldn't call her an activist, but I would say she's politically active. Okay. I think there's a unique difference between an activist and a politician and somebody that's politically active. So she's been she's been working in, in the background, um, yeah. apparently. So, yeah. yeah, just just curious about that. But um, yeah. hey, it can't be a bad thing all the way around. Most definitely. Well, we'll definitely... Be on the lookout to see what this committee comes up with and, and the support. And if this is something that I like, like Yada is saying, this isn't new. I don't know if this is the same, if we can go back and remember that picture that they took, the presidents took with Trump. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. This, I'm glad you set up. It's exactly. essentially the same thing uh, now that you mentioned it. Just a different dude. <laughs> exactly. Damn. <laughs> 
You brought the crowd down right there. Yeah. (laughs) 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 That's what I was trying to say. Just in a different way. Yes. (laughs) So we see that a blueprint improvement group, they have signed Andrea Nugent to the, the NIL. Yeah. Or to a NIL, I should say. She's a, a soccer player. Is that correct? Am I getting yep. a Not just a soccer player. She is the truth. No <laughs> She's doubt. Nice. She's nice. She is the truth. Look, shout out for Neil. This is the second round, right? We're doing NIL. Love oh, it. So, I love how they're leading the way, man. There's a lot of you PV business owners out there. You can definitely, come on, follow suit. It's enough players to go around. Yeah, man. That brother Neil just jumped himself up to the top of the line in the food chain with yeah, PV yeah. alumni. He then gave out the second NIL deal, and he's, and he's being extremely fair about it, too. But let's be clear again. We ain't talking about no slouch. Ms. Nugent has done the thing from the day she stepped on campus. She's one of the best soccer players in the country. Yeah. Uh, so, man, good shout out to Neil. We appreciate you, brother. If no one else has told you already, but you are appreciated by PV Nation. Hey, make sure he eat first. For sure. He get the big <laughs> piece of chicken. Let me circle back to as we continue to talk about Roof the Truth. So we've talked about a replacement, but we didn't necessarily talk about the committee that was put together to form the search committee. So have any of you done the research on any of the members? Are we confident in this search committee? <laughs> what, what are your thoughts so far? Mm-hmm. You're, you're looking, rolling, you're, you're, this look on your face, you don't seem confident here. <laughs> Listen, man, I, I'm going to tell you this. Number one, let me preface this. I'm completely oblivious to the process, right? I think this is probably the closest I've ever watched the process of us finding a new president. What it has sparked in me is a little bit of, I don't even know the word, but I don't want someone force fed down my throat again. I at least want to feel like that we have a say or some type of skin in the game or the person has some skin in the game with who we select. I feel like any other institution, the alums get a voice. Does this list represent enough of our voices, of our 70,000 voices? I can't just say it does, but it's who they chose and I got to put my faith in them. Now, I will be vocal when we get to talking. I will be very vocal in terms of who I feel would be a great candidate. And I would be very disappointed if we do not see Dr. Shannon Marquez on this list. I'm going to, this is my personal, this is not 1876. This is my personal stamp of recommendation Mm -hmm. because show me somebody that's close. Say that name again. Let the people Going that is Dr. Dr. Shannon Marquez. She is a PV mechanical engineering major. She plays Delta, graduated in three years. She played basketball for PV. I mean, <laughs> she, you can she got a, she got a master's from A and M. And then where is, what is her current title? Yeah, that's currently what she wrote. is over global engagement. So basically, she runs the international studies program for Columbia University. So she has the Ivy League pedigree. She girl is she has personally raised over 150 million dollars in endowed money. So she understands the game of raising money. And oh, by the way, she's one of PV's own. Like, when do you get that opportunity again? When you get that opportunity, you know, we were blessed. Let me be very clear. We were blessed and very fortunate to get Dr. Sim again. Mm-hmm. These are my view. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we'll be that fortunate again if we leave this up to somebody who does not embrace the vision of where we as alums feel PV should be. I'm going to go because if I go any further, I'm going to get in trouble. I mean, you ain't getting in trouble. Ain't nobody <laughs> paying us for this. <laughs> We good. <laughs> let, let's let's throw out there. I, I want so there is a 14 person board. I want to focus on the committee members 
who are part of the PV community. Let's focus on them. So, okay. Ken, brother Kendrick Jones, 2018 yep, graduate, Wilder County Commissioner, Precinct 3. Ronald Walker, class of 83. He's a area, interim area director of the United Negro College from in Boston. Current president of the Alumni Association, Mark Falls, class of 92. And then Roy Perry, class of 78. I guess they're going to forever pull Roy Perry into everything. PB Roy said they won't let me rest. They won't let that brother rest. <laughs> So, hey, I think we need to make sure that our committee members are extremely diligent and forceful in their viewpoint. Yeah, I understand. At, at the end of the day, it's not going to be their final decision, but they need to be vocal. Two yeah. other people who have not been named, it will be the whoever the new president of the faculty senate will be on that committee, as well as the new president of the student body when those elections are pending. Um, yeah. So the, the new student body president will be on this selection committee. And I hope that being, uh, I'm assuming they're going to probably be under 22, 21. I hope they are not intimidated by being on a board with these older folks. And I, the, in the way I know these young folks, they don't give no, a they damn their age. No, they don't care. <laughs> they don't time. bring in. <laughs> they they going to bring the heat. They're going to go toe-to-toe with you. And I love it. I think we need to force our opinions and let them be known and don't, don't allow anyone to have the ability to say, we didn't know what y'all's opinion and preference was. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's that's I guess that's all you can ask for. There you have it. Again, I'm I'm praying and hoping that and again, like we just said, we know that we likely will not get another President Ruth Simmons, but you know, this this next person yeah, we, we we just don't want to take a steep fall, right? Yeah. We just want to be it's able a to critical, build. it's a critical move. It's mm-hmm. definitely a critical hire. You know, because yes, you definitely. have to find the absolute right person to fit that right. big. And then someone who understands HBCUs, as much as I feel the previous, uh, was it president? I forgot right. the poor man's name. Right. Yes. He was forgettable. <laughs> it's okay. But I, I do think that, you know, I remember meeting him one time and my concern was that he was not an HBCU graduate and he, he lived out my concern. But with that, let's talk about quickly. <laughs> let's talk about quickly. Just so our spring game football is going to be April 23rd. Um, I don't know if you all saw the clip yesterday. So Gremlin had their spring game and I was amazed at was the like a number game. of fans they had at a spring game. It was a couple of thousand deep out there for yeah. sure don't uh, start with ain't nothing else to do in gram yeah we know that no, but they still I'll, showed up today. they still showed up <laughs> you can always find something to do yeah let's not so, get it twisted so I, fans mark your calendars april 23rd what, t- right what time is what time is the game oh you would hold up hold, hold please <laughs> somebody give me elevator music <laughs> While he looks for that. So again, <laughs> know the date. Maybe 9 o'clock. <laughs> Be there Saturday, at 9 a.m. April 23rd. That? What time is it? Be there at 9 a.m. What time tailgating started, Joe? When you get there at 9 a.m. 9 a.m. <laughs> Alumni Affairs will be sponsoring the tailgate. And I don't know. Let's, as we have before in the past, let's issue a challenge to PV fam. The PVU fan base. All those excuses are played. 
The time is now to put 100% of your time and attention behind Prairie View A&M Athletics. Uh, a lot of folks out here are always talking about why don't we go after these big recruits? Why don't we offer to four and five star recruits? Well, you need to have a four and five star recruit program. And part of that is fan support. Man, four and part of the program. Yeah. Four and five star recruits don't want to show up to an empty stadium, regardless of spring game, homecoming game, regular season game. Whatever. If you want a big time program, then we need to support big time. And there you have it. And we'll be back to talk some spring sports. On your marks, get set. And we're back to talk some spring sports. Yada. Sure. Let's start out with softball. Big rivalry weekend for softball was Texas Southern and Prairie View. Didn't start out as we would like to. Very close contest in the opening game on Friday. We lost three to two at home. And then we followed up on a double header on Saturday in the opening game. We also lost. That was a nine to two. We able to save it and not get swept as we won the last game 9-7. to seven. So you see the very competitive matchups except for maybe that second game in terms of that double header on Saturday where we went 1-2 or two versus overall. So that puts us overall in terms of 7-23 and 23 on the season, but 7-5 and five in the conference race, so right in the middle of the field there. So uh, big matchups coming up this weekend as they continue to try to right the ship, if you would, in terms of what's going on on the softball side of things. Uh, the midweek game will be uh, council, which was against Houston Baptist, which means we hit the road and go to Baton Rouge in Southern University, which is always a tough contest, but it's a, something that we need to do and see if we can uh, get a couple of games down there on the bluff, if you would. Turning the page to baseball, since we talk about the rivalry, guess what? This week we'll have the rivalry in baseball, which will be intriguing matchup because the baseball team, they're winning. They've won four straight games, including going on the road and sweeping Pablo. This is the Pablo team that fought two canals against Texas Southern University. They did lose two out of three, but they were playing pretty good. You had a bunch of the teams in the middle of the pack tied, but now guess what? Prairie View is in first place. Yes, they will be tied for first place. With Southern University. We'll take as it. As well as Grambling, all sitting at six and three because Southern swept Texas Southern, who lost all three games today, including one they let get away where Southern came from behind and won in the ninth inning, 10 to nine, which means this rivalry weekend at home for Prairie View will be fascinating because they get a chance to hold on to their first place and send a message to Texas Southern University that certainly will be licking their wounds. So we have a chance to kind of put the nail to the hammer at least early in this first half of the season. But that'll do it for the baseball report. Kudos to the baseball program on getting it done. Again, they've won four straight, including a sweep in conference series. And anytime you can do that, especially after letting one get away in the last series at home with Alcorn, their first victory of the season, which means we've won six out of the last seven and won the last two, if you would, series. So that's a big deal for the baseball team. And we'll see what's going on as things continue to move forward. I, I want to give a shout out to Coach Riggins because 
if for those who were kind of in and knowing and paid attention to the baseball program, he was on a hot seat last year before they went on that run. And he just kept his head down and kept grinding. And, you know, they went on that run through the tournament and uh, they're looking pretty good this year. And his recruitment, he's been very strong on a recruiting trail. So just shout out to Coach Riggins for just putting in the work until he got some results. Yeah. Improved to 13 and 15 overall, 6 and 3 in the conference race, the top first place. So far, so good. I'll say that for sure. Yeah. Most definitely. Cool. All right. And we'll be right back to talk some band. <laughs> to talk some band. Today we have with us Mr. Sam Long, former Marching Storm, former head drum major, band director. But what I love most about it is he did write Swamp. Sam, thank you for joining us. Again, thank you for having me. All right. So the first question I definitely want to ask is, what was the inspiration behind writing Swamp? Like, what were you thinking? Well, a lot of people don't know this, so this is going to be the first time so a lot of people have heard it. A lot of the guys, we wanted to drive down to the Bayou Classic. That was fall of 1997. And, uh, you know, they had a battle of the bands on their Friday night, step show, and then the battle of the band. So, you know, it's been the prayer we didn't travel a lot. We wanted to go and see whatever everybody else was doing. And so in the 90s, Prairie didn't have a, a school song, anthem, or nothing like that to drive us. We only had like P-Funk, you know, tuba line, you know, things like that. So we was at the, the Battle of the Bands in the Superdome, and uh, Southern Southern Band, they cranked up this bass line, and everybody just started singing. I was like, what are y'all, what are y'all saying? And they said swamp, and then they said another word to it. A lot of people don't know it's, it's another word to swamp. <laughs> Make them say, uh... and I said, what is that? <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> and so I remember that when I came back to the to the hill, you know, back to PV, and I, I found the song. But before that, I wanted to write, it was a famous song, everybody was playing in the swag, it was about it, about it. And uh, listen to Swamp, the whole entire song, it's like a five-minute song. At the very end, about it, about it came in. I said, oh, there it is right there. I said, man, I'm going to go ahead and write this whole entire piece and see if probably that was, that was played. But because back then, uh, like Snedder know, we couldn't play rap music. Uh, he would not let us play rap music in the stands. Uh, we only did bass lines in the dance routine or maybe for a drum major entry, but that was it. Yeah, I've never shared that. I've never band. shared that. But yeah, Prof was about musicianship and it needed to be a full yeah. song. And we know that rap songs are just not full songs. Right. And yeah. so uh, when I wrote it, now you're talking about a five-minute song and I had to write it. He kept saying, we need something in the stands that we can play uh, without getting, a, getting a, a penalty for the football team. And it was all about the football games. He was really surrounding himself around the football. Cut the band off when it was time to hike the ball or if the ball was about, about to be in play. He was all about the band not being, it was, the band needed to be silent. He said, so as we scope, we need something that we can rock the stands until they kick the ball off and the other team receive. And I was like, I said, Prof, how long, what's the time frame on that? He said, I need something about a minute and 15 seconds. I said, okay. <laughs> Went into the lab. We finally got this writing lab in Hobart. Mm -hmm. And uh, we was all in there. I was writing it. It was me and another drum major uh, by the name of Chris Chris Williams. Mm -hmm. He was right there with me. He's like, man, you need to let Prof hear this, man. You need to get him to hear it. I said, man, I don't know, man. I'm nervous. I don't think, man, I don't, man, I don't think he's going to let us play. We we called him in there, let him hear it. He, you know, I probably get here a grunt for it. Uh, I don't know. 
And then all of a sudden he said, pass it out today. Man, we got excited and we had to pass it out, print that music out, pass it out. And that was the first time the band hall. I mean, it was so... They use the word lit now, but we used to say crunk. <laughs> yeah, we were crunk, so, Yeah, we were crunk. And uh, so at one point of the, uh, the song, I said, y'all right here, I just want everybody to just go crazy, just go wild. This is our first rap song. Just go wild right here. And that's the old, yep. that part right yeah, there. Yeah, But yeah. then Profet was very, but Profet was very particular on uh, things of every band member doing the same thing mm-hmm. at the same time. He cut us off. He said, what, what is our arms doing? You know, he made sure it was polished before we took it out that bedroom. Yep. And so the first time we the first time we played Swamp was the TSU in Prairie basketball game, spring 1998. Yeah. And when we played it, it was electric in that baby doll. Yeah. It was electric. Yeah, it's just instant. So what do you and, think? And I mean, just how, I was gonna ask you just it's just uh, here we are 2022, you know. Yes. 25, yes. almost 25 years later. Man. Almost 25 years. Yeah. And and I would never thought that that song would last this long. But uh, I remember one time Prophet was told me, he said, if it ain't broke, I'm not trying to fix it. Exactly. And, and it stuck. <laughs> it just stuck, wow. you know, because it was one of those songs where he saw it, it, it was arranged correctly. Because, you know, back then we had to arrange music on paper and pencil. Mm-hmm. It was before the laptops and all that type of stuff. So before we even got a piece of music passed out from a student, we probably had to write the song three or four times before he approved it. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. that wasn't my first song I wrote. It was a slow song, but that was the first song that, that actually just popped. And uh, it's been history ever since, you know. Yeah. I mean, I it's, do, it's, I it's think, like the PD uh, anthem. The yeah. yeah. Uh, the thing is, we had made a chant with Swamp. That's what I was about to ask. And, uh, yeah. Can we, can, uh, can we get that breakdown from, before you leave us today? Yes, yes. Uh, we actually did the chant. It was, uh, <laughs> I know, it really does. We have a, a committee called the Dance Committee. Uh-huh. And uh, Miss High School, she knows about it because she was a drum major too, so she knows about the Dance Committee. And it, we were just acting acting silly trying to come up with new new ideas and stuff like that and we put on a song about the brat i don't know if y'all remember the brat back then mm-hmm. in the 90s yeah, of course she was pretty hot and her song was called we ready a lot of people don't know this but we mm-hmm. sample the pv's uh chant from her, her hook in her song so if you if you pull up the brat we ready okay. probably by around a minute and five seconds you'll hear it come in and you'll be wow Wow. This is crazy. You know, how did they make that? And and we and we changed the words up, but it's the same rhythm, same harmony, all that, you know. And then when we say we ready, we ready, we ready for anybody. And uh, I always wanted to say, why come the football team won't come out to swamp? I've been saying this for about 15 years. That's a hell of an idea. I'm going to work on that. Oh, man. That is yeah. next level. We going we gonna to work on that, bro. That ain't a hard ask. I don't just think nobody ever suggested it to the, directly to the coaching right. staff. Yeah. yeah. Correct. So, My Sam, tell us, tell, us, tell us the words. Tell us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ask it, hashtag class. Yeah. The words PVU is the place to be. We ain't going to never stop. We're the marching storm, and we're going to keep this here Eat. on lock. Okay. Yeah. Do the oh. best in what we do. Yeah, but you know, they be cussing too. Yeah, you know? that's why yeah, I said yeah. beat. <laughs> that's why I said beat. Oh, here's what they say. Ah, okay. I was about to ask how y'all got that passport. Ah, okay. Yeah, you know, the word here, they use another word to substitute here mm-hmm. on lock. Yeah. Uh-huh. Do the best in what we do. Keep playing, making all the moves. And if anybody wants some, we ready. We ready. Got it. I love it. Okay. 
And that then, that and, we ready we is about like Master P. Uh, yeah. When you hear that yeah. we ready, you like man, you you want something yeah. explosive to happen right after that. <laughs> In the stands, you be you ready when the swamp is played at any football basketball game. As a fan, you are ready for some top level foolishness. Yes, it is the class. Yes. <laughs> it is. It, it's a. Uh, it's that song and something else that we played. And I hate the band doesn't play it anymore. I wish I knew the name. I don't know if you wrote it. Um, because I remember asking Sleeve one day, like, what is the name of this song? And I was humming. He's like, You can talk to Sam. You can talk to Sam about that. I'm gonna uh-huh. jump over uh-huh. to the show March. Okay. Okay. You know, you know, you and I marched at the same time. So just imagine yeah. if we had this platform. Oh my god. Okay, so right. <laughs> I'm right. not salty, but I'm a li- just a little bit, right? Like just a tad. Yeah. But so what do you what do you think? Give me your thoughts on the on the show. I'm the same way with you because a lot of the current stuff that's happening now wouldn't be in place if it wasn't for us mm-hmm. to pay that way. So I am I'm, I'm appreciative and happy to see that they got the opportunity to be on a to CW. You know, that's a that's basically a white platform television station, you know, mm-hmm. and and Preview is the first band. We're not even talking about HBCU. We just talking about let's say band culture. The right. first band to ever be showcased like that on public television. So that is definitely uh, the march. I think it's not just about the band. I think it's also about the entire university mm-hmm. because you start saying things that man, I ain't no preview was located right here. Oh, I didn't know their football team was this good. Oh, I didn't know they had this. I mean, it was a lot of components that came with that show. And I think it was just it was a good moral respect to the university and to also showcase, hey, the band is a big integral uh, part of bringing people to the university as a recruitment right. tool. Right. But one thing I did like I learned from the show was this reality is it's like anywhere else. You have your problems. It's like anybody else. We are human. We do work hard. And and the thing is, it showed that we have a lot of pride at Prairie View and University. Mm-hmm. And, it, and they just showcase it throughout the band, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. And one last question that I have, I'm going to just going to ask you, you know, what do you think Prof would think about the band? In its current state? Uh, In its current first state. Thing, uh, I, think, I think the first thing would be like, man, why come I couldn't get all this when I was here? <laughs> I know, you know, they, you know, I, I know some things, you know, like budget cousin, but at one point in time, they did have a budget. And that's one thing Profit was always fought for a budget. We couldn't even move the band and we was probably twice as small as they are now, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. maybe what, 250, 200. Mm-hmm. Now we're looking at 400 some kids, you know, mm-hmm. so I think that's one the one thing he'd be like, man, if I would have had the funding that uh, they got now, we'd be all over the place. Exactly. But just the, thing, the platforms he did, the things he did, like when we, when we marched in the uh, inauguration parade, that was my last performance. He had me to come back and perform for that. Everybody has a significant moment during a time. in So you hear different stories. So that was his story. He did the yeah. Rose Bowl parade first. Right. He did the inauguration parade first. So I think he'd say, man, continue the success, continue to keep pretty and your university mm-hmm. margin storm, the whole thing on a high level. Yeah, definitely. I did see um this the, the last episode of March. I thought it was pretty good. The one thing that I yeah. thought, you know, so the category six, they were talking to Doc and he he made the comment about, you know, they'll all have to try it again next year. And I'm thinking, I wish Prof would <laughs> would have asked me to try out once I'd already made it. So I found I that just, interesting too. That was very interesting. Yeah. And that's the yeah, thing. I wish. Old school way, old school ways, once you make drum major, you are drum major till you graduate. Exactly. Exactly. As 
a matter of fact, Elton was drum major, didn't come back for, he was like sat out a year and came back to school yeah. and was drum major. <laughs> so it's like, you know. Yeah, he didn't lose his position. Yeah, he didn't lose his position. So I just thought that was interesting. But I, I think overall, I thought even to touch on what you said, one thing that I liked and I hope people took away with, if you notice the Black Fox, the captain of the Black Fox as she graduated, her parents said, as soon as she said she was interested in architecture, she was only going to go to Purview. So I'm hoping just that statement alone, you know, should yes. anyone else who wants to be an architecture probably like, we know what, let me think about that. Because we talk about engineering, we talk about the band, we talk about nursing, but I don't think a lot of people know PV has a number one program as far as HBCUs, as far as Black architects, I should say. So again, I think a lot of good right. came from the show. Very glad that they had an opportunity to do that. Glad that you were able to join us today. I didn't say, uh, listeners probably don't know that you were once the band director at the Jack Yates, uh, but what are you doing now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was at Jack Yates for two years. That was 2010 to 2012. So right now, what I'm doing is I'm working on my master's. Uh, something that I always prophesied was always in back in my head. Like, hey, money, you need if you want to get on the college level, you got you to get the other piece of paper, you know. And then uh, you see a lot of opportunities pass you up. So you be like, man, let me go on and step back. Let me go on and do what I need to do. I'm in my second year uh, working on my master's of uh, music, scoring and, and composition. So I'm going strictly for arranging. And it's crazy because, you, you you know, you got me on the show and we're talking about Swamp, what made me arrange that. And now 20 years later, I'm, I'm in school, learning even more. And uh, the school is an academy of art university in uh, San Francisco, California. And I'm learning more about Arranging not just for marching band but also film, yep, commercials, yep, movies. I mean, all that type of stuff. So it's more in depth. Yeah, yeah. And when when you saying that, so my last comment is going to be: I've always wondered when Prophet Edwards passed away, what would have happened had you, Dwight, or Mark had your masters at the time? Like everyone worked on it afterwards, but I always wondered. I know. Yep. <laughs> what could have happened. So with that, yeah. again, thanks, Sam. I'm glad to have you. Thank you for coming on the show. We, I know we talked about it uh, probably like a year ago, but uh, glad to have you. We've been waiting to get you on. <laughs> yes. Thank you for giving thank us an intro. <laughs> Yeah, thank you. Thank right, you for, the for allowing us to steal that intro. Yep. Hey, go handle that paperwork. We ain't going to talk about what it is, but go handle that. Oh, yes, sir. Yeah, yes, get that thing copywritten. All right. And with yeah. that, we'll be back with some We Ready shout outs. Hey, you. Yes, I'm talking to you. 1876 Sports and Culture is proud to call Anchor.fm our official podcast distributor. So let me ask you this. Do you like podcasts and have maybe even been thinking about starting your own? Well, check this out. At Anchor.fm, whether you're a rookie or a pro, this is the platform for your voice to be shared. With Anchor, you can create, distribute, and monetize your podcast all for free, making the experience simple and smooth. And don't even worry about developing your audience. Anchor distributes your content to the most popular listening apps with just a single tap. So what are you waiting for? Get started on Anchor.fm today. with some We Ready shout outs. I want to go first and give a shout out to the PhD program, the engineering PhD. Right now, there is a historic number of women in that program. So shout out to them. They ready. They ready. They ready. They ready. But we kind of know Black women already. So it's all good. <laughs> I hope that didn't come out the wrong way. Anyway. You're such pretty Black women. <laughs> 
I'm gonna leave that right there. I want to shout out to uh Jawan Daniels and Linnell Henry. They both played in the inaugural HBCU All-Star game in New Orleans, Louisiana. Jawan Daniels is currently he played this last season at Prairie View. Linnell Henry was a grad transfer to from PV to Alcorn, but he got his degree from PV. So shout out to both of them for putting their game on display on national TV. They ready. They ready. I need the shout out. It's funny. 2022, we're still having first. We have another first African-American city council member in Bastrop, Texas, class of uh, 02 graduate in the uh, master's program, Cheryl Lee. So shout out to her for yet blazing a new trail here amongst Texas politics, being the first black African-American female to sit on city council there in Bastrop. She's ready. Be ready. All right. And we ready. Mm. PV. You know. Okay. Thank you. Oh, are we ready? <laughs> Are we finally ready? It's good. Oh, damn. I thought it was good. So Maybe the, you, the fewer, the fewer number. I don't know. <laughs> the hell so. We can blame well, those who did not attend today. Data points. Past failures. <laughs> Data points. All right. Cool. <laughs>